Well, my son had a uh, his, his birthday party. Now, his birthday was on Tuesday, but he had his party this past weekend. And we got a bunch of sodas. And one of his, his friends uh, likes Sprite. Uh, so I'm I'm enjoying a Sprite right now. It says lemon lime, no sugar. And now has Sprite always had no sugar, or is this a no sugar Sprite? That's a no sugar Sprite. That's okay. Only, definitely no caffeine has been Sprite's thing at the beginning. Oh, right? well, good thing I'm drinking that now at night. You know what they don't have in Australia? Diet Coke. Hey, really? Do they, they have, have Coke sugar Zero? free Coke? Sugar no, they have sugar free Coke. Huh. Which is it the same of, formula or is it a different uh, formula? Oh wow! They, they, wow, this they don't con- have wow. uh, right away with some here. serious controversy. Australia is getting the wrong Diet Coke. They don't have NutraSweet here. At so all? Everything like is it's like against stevia. the law? Yeah. Like, I'm amazed, though. So the entire continent has no Diet Coke. Wow. No, they, it's just sugar-free Coke. I mean, it's, you know, or Coke Zero. Yeah, it's just, they don't have right, you know, it's just a different here. version, but just yeah, the... It's, it's just a different uh, That's probably good, actually. They use I stevia, think... which I, I don't care for that one either, so... Okay. Well, I'd actually prefer it because when I drink Diet Coke, I always drink too much. So then I have to just stop completely. So it'd be great yeah. if, if we just didn't have it here either. I actually would be helpful for me. Then I would just not drink it because it's so bad. Huh. So anyway, you, have a, you right, uncontrollably right drink a lot of Diet Coke? I do like find that I like if I start to drink it, I start to like kind of get the like whatever. I guess just huh. some form of like low level addiction where I just find it, I crave it more. And I just mm. find like it's better just to not drink it, drink iced tea or something uh, else that doesn't, I miss uh, iced tea. you know, just yeah. something, something that's like, I don't know, it's a quote, quote unquote, a little better for you. But like, but more importantly, Cote, did you have Diet Coke at your son's birthday? Seems like a bad parenting move, but I guess maybe. Well, you well, we always buy uh, Coke Zero. We don't okay. actually every now and then just through some, you know, happenstance, uh, we'll have some real Coke in the house. But it's always it's we always get Coke Zero. And that's what the kids I shouldn't say they've been raised on it, but that's what they've always drank. That's what they've always had. So that's you know, that's fine with them, which has its own its own weirdness. And, you know, the, this is making me think that the next time here in the the kind of software enterprise infrastructure space that someone is complaining about like two things that do the same thing we can be like hey if coke can figure out sugar coke coke zero diet coke coke light and australian sugar-free coke all under the same brand like it's fine we can have multiple container orchestrators or we can have multiple log managers we can have multiple tools all in the same roof doing the same thing it'll be fine and, you know, with the, with the Coke metaphor, that might understand, like I was looking through a survey, that depending on the country you're in, you've got all the different size cans. You've got big cans in America, you've got the big gulps over there, and then here in the Netherlands, you've got these tiny, weird cans. Like in Europe, yeah. they, they can't help but have strange cans. It's just like I, feel like, I feel like there is a collective mindset in Europe where they're what? like, wh- whatever size they use in America... It needs to be at least two-thirds of that size. Today's show is sponsored by StrongDM. Are you still using SSH keys, RDP logins, and database credentials? Do you have a worn-out Post-it note with all your passwords on it? Well, it's time to access your infrastructure like it's no longer 1999. StrongDM is the only modern infrastructure access platform. It creates a seamless, secure, and observable air gap between your staff and the critical infrastructure that powers your company. With StrongDM, you can instantly revoke access to every database, Kubernetes cluster, or server with just a click. You can automatically log every query, SSH, and kubectl command to know who did what, when, and where across your stack. And you can eliminate credentials from end-user workflows to deploy access that's zero trust and least privileged by default. 
Trusted by the fine folks at Betterment, Peloton, SoFi, and Chime, StrongDM is the only way to deploy secure access controls in a way folks love to use. Don't take my word on it. Check out StrongDM for yourself with a free demo. Sign up at strongdm.com slash SDT. That's strongdm.com slash SDT. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. Well, our assignment this week, uh, assigned by uh, head, Headmaster Brandon, if I remember, but agreed on by us. So, you know, consensus is um, not consensus. Consent is consent, I think. So we, we now are part of the assignment. Anyhow, uh, I think, were we supposed to only watch the first part or both parts of the <laughs> Kubernetes? Did you only watch the first half? You're no, not no, going to know no. how it ends. Look, this is a rare instance. You know, Brandon will be like, we got a new ad. Kote, can you do an ad read? And like three months later, I'll send him an ad read, right? But this time, I actually did the, the homework. I watched okay. both both of these okay, and I, did, I didn't even watch it in like 2x speed i watched I it <laughs> i watched it in real time speed you know so i i got to get all this this the the sweet sweet speed of all those drone shots right and uh, i enjoyed that quite a bit but i i, I love how that, they had one amazon exterior shot and i swear to god they used it eight times well hold on now i'm gonna cross <laughs> that off of my things to come Wait, <laughs> just so everybody knows what we're talking about it's uh it was the Kubernetes, the documentary, and it was there is two parts, which I guess is maybe not immediately obvious. So, and I think the whole thing you can watch the whole thing. I think in forty five minutes. I think they're yeah, yeah. each uh, yeah. each part is about twenty minutes. So yeah. Um. So go ahead, Kote. You were please continue on. You were commenting yes. on the drone shots, which is of course how the movie starts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean the uh, the movie is very well put together. You got very the well. uh, you got the people who are looking. Um, is that a forty five? Who who are kind of at that thirty degree angle, like looking off camera. And man, I want to talk with whoever does the lighting and and the camera work because like I I would love to have pictures that crisp. The lighting done. I just I have no idea. I just, overall, the production value of this is by far in a way the best yeah. production value I've ever seen. Something kind of in this yeah. related to this any it, type of tech, even like even like older documentaries. It's like it has. It, excellent i god knows what they spent on it but like it's it was very well, well done i, I mean it's, it's since it's a foundation i would have to imagine it's part of a record somewhere what they spent on it right? in, <laughs> yeah. in, in the budget but it was also group. sponsored by some somebody who i forget already but um so you know somebody you know paid to, to foot that bill too so that that could get hidden in the, oh the i see i see what yeah. you said yeah 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 yeah, and, and, you know, speaking of, I mean, we'll, we'll cover the technical stuff here. I mean, ironically, the technical part, but the, the, the whatever is, is there was, uh, it took me a, a moment to notice this, but it was, it was awesome how when they did some historic film, they somehow put a filter over it to make it, like, look old. And not only did they put a filter over it to make it, like, look old and crackly, but they switched the aspect ratio from sixteen nine from HD to uh, right. four three, four by three. Yeah. As, as if it were like you know, <laughs> as if like <laughs> DockerCon twenty twelve occurred in like nineteen ninety three. Like you remember twenty twelve? We we still had CRTs and yeah. and everybody was watching things on their Zooms. And, so, yeah. Sorry, this recording's not so good. The rabbit ears weren't weren't great uh, when we were uh, when we were adjusting. I, say, it. No, I thought it worked. I liked it because it yeah, did yeah, give yeah, a yeah. sense of like you're like kind of old and new. I was like, I think I'm, it was I'm awesome. I was all in that, on it. I love the effect. That that was great. It was good stuff. Yeah, and you know I do a lot of video stuff now, and and it would be exciting. Uh, to see, like, go, go dive into the YouTube analytics, see what the, the watch duration is, like, you know, uh, 
I spend a lot of time in those analytics now and be fun to see what, uh, what other things are, especially for like a 25 minute, like I think maybe only cooking videos would get that length would get watched the full way through or not, but it would be nice. So, all right. So, so that, that part's all nice looking at a 30 degree angle. There must be a name for that kind of shot. Uh, and so, uh, let's start with you, Brandon. Now, I don't know how, what was your, uh, let's, let's, let's review the film from this angle. How, how, how did this film, like, did it fill in some interesting history for you and kind of like, kind of like answer some questions? Like, does, did it kind of add to your, your knowledge of like, here's the deal with Kubernetes and like container management and cloud and cloud native, like, you know, in comparison, there are some books, many business books we've read, uh, some books on Amazon where you read it and you're like, I just read 300 pages and I don't think I've learned anything, <laughs> right? Like, and so, so like, what, where, where does this come out on the, uh, th- does, this, does this increase the knowledge for, for yeah, yourself? Yeah, no, all good questions. Well, one, I just want to say up front, like, before I say anything else, like, one, I highly recommend it. Everybody who's probably listening to this podcast, it's worth the watch. So definitely, you know. Two thumbs ups for me. Definitely watch it. Now, I would sort of describe the film as sort of told from the perspective mostly of Google and Googlers and people that were you know intimately familiar with creating Kubernetes. So you're getting mm. like right off the bat, you're not I would not say it's unbiased at all. Right. It's no. sort of like you're getting the perspective of like, here's what people that were really thinking about Kubernetes and wanting to create it. And most of them at Google, here's what they were thinking about. And here's kind of their thought process in it's largely told through that uh, lens a l- with a little bit of open shift sprinkled in yeah, kind of yeah, towards the, the end. Like <laughs> the people you're like, the, the obvious person that's not interviewed is what uh, uh, Solomon Hayek, right? From Docker, right? He's not in it at all. There's only one person from Docker who uh, in it, who I think he does a good job, but you know, you're not getting any of that perspective, at least firsthand, you're getting some clips of yeah. um, some speeches. So you got to know that going in. And I, I don't know, I'm not going to say like, I think the film is just telling it from that perspective. So depending on, you know, for, for me as an outsider, I think it's very interesting to like see that perspective, but I could, I could definitely see people who worked at other companies having significantly different takes (laughs) on how some of the things went down. Right. And so if you watch it and you just sort of acknowledge the point of view you're getting, like beforehand. And I don't think, I don't think there's any secret or anything because they're, they're showing the, the names and titles of people. So it's like, you know, I think you just got to keep that in mind as you're watching it. It's like, you're getting a very Google centric view of where Kubernetes came from and the merits of Kubernetes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I hadn't thought about it in that, in that way. Like my, when I, when I was, uh, on going on a dog walk, it didn't, it didn't really turn out to be an optimistic dog walk like, uh, like last week, but (laughs) I was thinking like what 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 is what is my my take on on this thing and I think I think by design like the thing that I was looking for is for I don't know who exactly but for there to be less politeness in the whole thing <laughs> like well, there, there's there's only there's only a few moments that you can kind of reverse engineer to like competitive impoliteness and the the main one and the main reverse engineering is is essentially i think i i think it is kelsey and sarah i don't know why i'm 
talking on the, about them on a first name basis, who who basically bring up this point of like you know it was not zero sum. Right, yeah. and then the implication no, they're really, they there. say like it didn't have to be zero sum. Right, right, and that's right. a oh. repeated talking point, definitely from right, right, Google's right. perspective. That com- that phrase comes out of different people's mouth probably four times. That right, that felt right. like and, and, a talking and then, point. And then so so and it's uh, there's some more chatter around this point that I'm I'm uh, meandering towards. And then part of that is also the discussion of like, and I think it was Kelsey again who was talking about this, how there were many other uh, people around and they wanted to, and this is the point of zero sum, and they wanted to take all of the pie, right? Right. And then there's the discussion of like, you know, the, uh, the uh, as James Waters would put it, the value line, you know, the stacks on stacks and controlling the customers. And I guess this is where I wanted like some, I, I'm, I'm going to jokingly call it being less polite, but I wanted some to people to be like, so I think this would be the case, okay? So and, and this is the part that I'm still looking for in the whole history of Kubernetes is like, so they start off, I realize I'm not finishing thoughts here, but like, they're, they're like, boy, it seemed like it wouldn't happen because you had all these other competitors who were very functional running in large enterprises and were way ahead of us, right? right. And they, they keep talking about Mesos a lot, which... I, I guess maybe maybe I wasn't paying attention, but like I would have even thought to think of them. But whatever, like you know, they <laughs> well, they, they they were they were a big deal running, and they were more functional, and like uh, so forth and so on. Uh, and so at some point, I want someone to be like, "Oh, well, what happened was that uh, Docker, uh, Mesos, probably some other people, and mm, maybe sort of pivotal." basically just wanted to own the entire market and so no one wanted to collaborate with them. And yeah. Now I don't know if that's the case, but it's sort of like that mystery has to be solved, <laughs> right? Because like because repeatedly they're basically like there was they, no way this thing could have succeeded. It had to be like a a, a random Rube Goldberg chain of events right. that caused this stuff well, to work. The, the part- and, and so like so like for example like as we were joking, like Amazon only shows up as like a drone shot, like that character <laughs> at the end, only never yeah, really, end right? Never, and and then and then never, you know, yeah. to to kind of cap it off. Like so, I was writing up a, uh, I don't know if it's a blog post or an article, but whatever. My my friend Rita here in VMware Tanzuland was asking me to cover the recent CNCF 2021 annual survey, which is fascinating. I don't know if y'all know this, but they have the raw data in various states of usefulness available. But you go look at it, and for both the Kubernetes, when they asked the 2,500 or so respondents this year uh, what Kubernetes distro you use uh, and what public cloud Kubernetes thing you use, like Amazon, far and away, is the leader in both of those categories, right? (laughs) And so it's sort of like... Oops. But how did how did the the corner of a Amazon building drone shot character become the market leader here? Right. So yeah, yeah. there's almost this, and hopefully there'll be a part three and four, which will be like, what can we learn from this? Right. Like that would be that would be that's, a great, that's what we want. Right. <laughs> a, a great retrospective. And yeah. so like, kind of closing it out. Right. And what I mean by the politeness is like, I, I think there was there was as good a coverage as you'll ever get in a contemporary time span. And by the time it's like 30 years out, it's not like there's a bunch of files in a presidential library. No one's going to give a crap 30 or 40 years out, right? <laughs> but like, you know, the the you get the closest thing possible of like, man, 
we couldn't get Google to do anything, <laughs> right? Like, it, there, there is this good, there's a lot of good, a good internal view into how do we have a company make a large strategic decision that at the time seems not important, <laughs> right? Like, right, but I do think to your, you know, where it kind of gets, I guess if there's a, any controversy in this, or there's a one line in there, and I can't remember the name of the person, but the kind of the executive running it. And I think most of the first uh, episode is about this kind of team in Google, a little bit of like band of brothers, this team in Google, yeah. scrappy team, putting it together and that they feel like it needs to be open source. So then it's sort of portrayed as that group of people fighting the good fight within Google to make sure that it's going to be open source. And they says, and then the executive says it here and he says something is like, you know, they were worried if they didn't do make it open source soon, that they would lose out of, um, lose out of the control if they waited too long. And I think that's yeah. sort of like, they could kind of call that out explicitly. I think Google got to the point of like, hey, if we don't put out something that's open source that we can, you know, if you will, rally a community behind, we're going to be completely out of it. So implicit in that is right. like, you know, this and this is the idea of like, then you kind of hear later in the second part about, well, it wasn't a zero-sum game. And I think, and I'm just going to speak for Docker here. It's like, well, it is a zero-sum game if Docker at the time is really ma- trying to make all of their money on Docker Swarm. Like that was sort of the 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 idea going forward. So for mm-hmm. them, it is zero-sum. If you sort of cut their knees out and you don't have some other way to be funded, you know, ultimately Docker, I know it still exists and that sort of, they call that at the but end. It's, it's but a different company, yeah. Yeah, it's a totally different company. So, you, you know, so so for, for Docker, and, you know, you maybe speak to Pivotal a little bit if you want, Kote, but... It kind of is like our business really rides on this. So it isn't like, hey, you know, we don't have a great way to make money going forward if you completely take out the orchestration and engine. Yeah, and I mean, in, in retrospect, just to kind of clean this up at the end was if you look back on it, when they show Kubernetes being launched at DockerCon, right, that was sort of the end of that Docker company, right, as it existed, <laughs> and which I think was like when you're kind of watching it in retrospect, you're like, wow that was a, an important moment. That's sort of like when Swarm died and Kubernetes took over. And I don't know if people thought of that at that moment, but they said that's, and they even kind of allude to, that's when the quote unquote cloud wars started, which I think is interesting in retrospect. All, all the conversations at the time were about how Docker was going to be the next VMware. And, and when you talk about somebody being the next VMware, you've got to point out there are other virtualization platforms, but none of them control the market, right? You like, nobody's like, oh, you know, Hyper-V or Citrix or, you know, proxmox or whatever um they're not they're not like the standard and so docker was seen as you know going for that brass ring or whatever and you know uh google didn't want that right they you know they, they wanted to stop that but that's what's missing from the documentary is any commentary from anybody else it's you know like maybe you could find some docker person who's like in retrospect, you know, that's what we were trying and they stopped us. Or yeah. or the, the Mezos, the Mezos several times are like, Mezos had several, you know, massively large customers doing tens of thousands of nodes. And, you know, never any comment about from the Mezos guy saying like, well, they took our lunch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the other yeah. key, the key interview that I really felt was missing because they sort of portray the person. I don't know, remember the name, but they, they say like we presented to this executive groups in Google, but they're always faceless. Like, you don't. They don't yeah, interview that yeah. person. I, I can't and then say they never go past Derek Brewer. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end, though, they just kind of say, and we were given the green light. But it's just sort of like, well, why not ask the person that like gave the green light? Like, well, what changed 
um, their mind, right? What was the reason? And I think, you know, I think the reason is what they kind of say there. It's like, hey, if we don't do it now, we're going to lose control. But it would be interesting if the executive in charge agreed, it was like, yeah, we felt like we had to do it because we, if we were to have any type of control and if we want this to drive adoptions of GKE, which is stated in the documentary, then we had to say yes. Because that would sort of like link it all together. But they just sort of leave that off to the side. Like, and suddenly they said yes. And you know, but you don't, you're not told exactly yeah, why. Yeah. I want, I want the episode three where they're like, you know, and five years later, you know, here's, you know, here's commentary from, you know, the Docker people who, you know, didn't become a, a billion, didn't sell for a billion. Here's Mezos who didn't sell for a billion. Here's, you know, the Tupperware guy. And, you know, it's, you know, well, I have to assume just, they declined. I mean, I guess, I don't know. They didn't say at the end. I don't know. Like, that, you I, know I would assume they, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, in episode three, you get, you get the drone shot, like keeps going zooms and in. lands down in the parking lot and the Amazon guy's I'm like, here for it. we I'm own ready, it all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't even need the high production. I think you could just get a group of people on Docker. They could do a podcast to do it here, do it somewhere else. Just like live stream a YouTube conversation be like, well, here's what we were thinking. Right. And that would be, be great to hear that perspective. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I guess, I guess as, as we're talking through this, I mean, it really fills out the, the engineering. I mean, it's just mostly all engineers. It, it fills out the engineer perspective. As, sorry for those who are certified engineers, the software developers uh, perspective, but it's, it's kind of the, the, the story on its own uh, in that area. Which... Now that part comes through as like, I think very authentic. It's like you tell yeah. the people working on Kubernetes truly love it super passionate about the technology. Yeah. I think they're coming to it from like, this was the best way to solve it. They talk, t- talk a lot about collaborating with the Borg team that's down in uh, you know California and then having the team in Seattle. And like, you really get like that perspective, I think is good because you really kind of see, it's kind of just interesting and fun to see people like who are truly you know passionate about what they're working on. And just, you could see the time and effort and, and really love quote unquote love they put into it. So that part I felt was very genuine. Now I do think, you know, when you keep having people come back and say, well, there's no zero sum game, there's definitely a business side, a, a business war or, you know, certainly uh, discussion that's right above it that is happening. And, you know, whether people want to engage in that or not, it's still happening, even if you're just working on coding it yeah. up. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I think, I think that's the, uh, that's, that's the next film or body of work that needs to be done. Or it doesn't have to be a film, but really, you know, so you know, it's it's uh, it's sponsored or in collaboration with Google, Red Hat, and the Cloud Native Foundation, Computing Foundation, and there's probably some people from other organizations. But like you know, notably the the uh, the third Kubernetes person who works at Microsoft now, he he's shown in some videos, but I don't believe he's interviewed in it. But anyhow. Like the thing, let, let me, I don't mean this uh, in, in necessarily a critical way, but what I want to know is just like, and they lay it out, and I'm repeating myself here, but it's laid out over and, uh, several times in, in this is like, uh, we were not very featureful when we launched. Yeah. And uh, there were these other, the other places that were, and they were very impressive, and they had customers. Uh, and then uh, we won. <laughs> right. And so like, it's kind of like there needs to be some discussion. And then, I mean, according to the marketing material that I read from everyone who does something with Kubernetes, it's complicated and it needs a lot of help to be useful. So there's also that. Right. And it's kind of like and yet it is sort of like the uh, uh, the the winner, if you will. And so like 
there's something missing from like how that happened. And, you know, I'll just throw out, I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel I'm repeating myself again here, but I feel like a possible answer is, I mean, there's always some skullduggery and stuff like this. So, you know, we'll just kind of zero that out because it probably neutralizes each other at some point. But really, there is something about the final openness of it. Like, I remember, I I mean, I remember at the time, uh, and this was also occurred around, like, K-Native until very recently. Like, people outside of Google were always like, what's the deal with this, right? Like, it's... It's like, is it held by them or is it not held by them? Let's go read another article about what open source is and see what Matt Assay has to say in in some commentary over here. Like, we'll go round and round and round about, like, the purity and therefore the safety of relying on open source things that are, what do they call that model? Not single source, but single vendor open source or whatever. Uh, So, you know, that was also up in the air for a while. But maybe finally there was the sense. I mean, definitely once... Well, not always once you have a foundation, but maybe there was a sense of like it's it's actually open. And I guess there's almost a moment it's in 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 the 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 history that we have here where it's the moment where Red Hat comes in. Uh and and now that I'm thinking of it, I, I don't or Microsoft. I, well, no, it's well, Red Hat is the coming yeah, yeah. from the I, I, yeah, 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 right? yeah. But the, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking historically it's like it it felt like like Microsoft moved off of their Docker and Mesos acquisition acquisition ideas and went in on on Kubernetes. Uh, to yeah. me, that was like, you know. Yeah. See, see, that would be interesting, right? Like, and then and then, but so back to that. Like, they're in in the story, the narrative put together here. Uh, I would say, no no pun intended, because this word is only used once in the film. The pivotal moment uh, is when the dude from Red Hat is like, oh, we were actually going to ship with Mesos. And then two weeks before that, the Google people called us and said, I actually right. don't do know what it is they said, right? And yeah, so they like- do, They just said, do you want to participate? And right, I think, right. Because I guess and, the- and, and that that would be, so this is, you know, if you remember the uh, the the hagiography, is that how you say it, of, of Linux, is that when IBM said they were going to invest millions of dollars in Linux. And then when Oracle said that they would run their stuff on Linux, it was like, boom, Linux wins, right? Which is also a zero-sum game, you know, between Windows and Linux, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, like, um, And so I, I think maybe in the narrative, what's, what's being put together here is that once Red Hat shifted off of Mesos, and maybe this is the only reason they talk about Mesos so much, uh, like when Red Hat shifted off of rewriting OpenShift on Mesos to Kubernetes, maybe the idea there is like, boom, now we got uh, we got two people at this party. And so it's an open, uh, again, I'm kind of painfully building up my theory. It's a genuinely open uh, and perceptually open community. So no one feel for, so all the people you'd want to get involved do not feel that they are going to be zero summed by it, right? So now, Y'all laid out some exceptions, right? Well, no, I was going to say, I think in the movie or in the documentary, they sort of point to creating the CNCF and using June 2015, the OSCON announcement. And that's sort of like the other part of like in the, in the second part, it's sort of like, Hey, Google acknowledges that it's, it's still not fully open source. There's a lot of doubts. And then that's sort of like the next, if you will, plot line is like, okay, how do I create a foundation? And they show that same executive sort of like trying to, if you will, herd everyone together 
create the foundation. And then they kind of, and I don't really remember, I can't remember exactly what happened, but like June, 2016, they basically say it's here, it's open, it's ready. Um, and then, you know, they then kind of talk about within Google scaling that out. So I don't know, you know, I mean, maybe it's like in, as I think back on it, I don't remember it, you know, sort of like that just happened and then like, Oh, everything's perfect. But it's sort of, I guess that was the start of like getting it completely open source and getting yeah, it yeah. adopted. So I think yeah. that's sort of how they address the, like, you know, if you will, this is, that's the moment it quote unquote became like the community version, right. That all that's collectively owned by the larger, you know, players in CNCF. Right, right, and and then so, anyways, there's. I still don't have a resolution, maybe even to use a therapeutic word, closure, on on why Kubernetes won. Like now, I think there's another reading, uh, another like uh, pondering of the documentary, which is sort of offered here and there. That it just like, I don't know, it's just random. Right. Like, you know, it could, it could have as, as, as software, as, uh, software is just brownie in motion. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's just like, you know, this, this meeting happened and that one didn't happen. And this person had like a, re- a recital for their kid that they had to go to one day. Like, I mean, the literal, uh, there is something like that where, uh, where like, uh, Craig McClucky is like, oh, I was just happened to be sitting behind this person on a bus on the way back from a corporate retreat and we got to talking. And so like, you know, maybe maybe uh, it's just you know one bus ride that happened or not happened that uh, is why why Mesos didn't take off or whatever. Just you know, always. But always I don't. Could I just rides. think I just still down to a much simpler answer to this is that once Kubernetes got some traction and it became apparent that like it's better for the major players if no new quote unquote VMware kind of market winner um, yeah, yeah, gets yeah. out. That's the moment where it's like, okay, what's the most popular project? Because we're all going to benefit. It's like Google, Microsoft, AWS, and a few others. You know, we're going to benefit. You know, at this point, if it's, if you will, a common thing we can all touch, rather than risk any one company winning the monopoly. So that was for like the right, large right. players. That's good for uh, Mesos and for uh, Docker, the previous incarnation of the company. That was really bad. But I think you know. I mean, sure. you don't say it succinctly, but it's sort of like, well, the major players are okay if this is just sort of a, a free layer that we so, all compete on. So, so well, that 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 would that would be the 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 other side of like so so this this theory I'm I'm rambling through here is like, well, it is it is a generally open community, so multiple large vendors and and I think importantly also the engineers at those vendors who want to be involved in an open thing versus right. a closed thing, right? I mean that. That is key to a lot of what goes on here is that individual engineers and groups of engineers, their desires of what to do can drive a lot of this random bus trip stuff. And so the other side of that open community, and this is the part where, uh, you know, less politeness would be nice, is to be like, well, sure, it was zero sum, but not for, I mean, it it, it wasn't, what's the opposite of zero zero sum? sum. Like, one sum? Like, like positive it, sum, yeah, yeah positive like, sum game is what they say in, yeah, the, in yeah. the documentary. And it'd be like, sure, it was positive sum, but not for everyone. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, and, and then and positive then we, sum for us, but not for you. And then we need like a five, eight minute segment on like exactly as you were saying, Brandon. Like, well, and maybe you have to have an an, an industry analyst do this, like sure. a third party person, and they need to be like, well, you know, uh, what was going on at the time is everything Brandon just said. Right. And so like because that would be that would be a very instructive uh, and makes sense is that basically the public cloud providers said we don't want anyone to 
become that that upper layer uh, and control our customers. So right. instead, we will disrupt ourselves essentially, and by disrupting ourselves and making this a zero sum in the sense of money you can make off of it uh, market, then uh, we just remove that that uh, that tactical strategy from the board. Definitely. I mean, one one of so I, I went to MeslisCon. I want to say 2015. It might have been early 2016. And uh, while I was there, um, you know, Apple and Twitter and others were talking about their their big deployments. Um, but at the same time, you know, <clears throat> I was I was hanging out with a a, a, a Kubernetes, a Google product manager uh, on Kubernetes, and you know, just we went to dinner, and and you know, he took a couple of large um, Mesos customers with him, you know, with us to uh, to dinner, and, and he was like. <clears throat> what do I have to do to get you guys to, to spin up some, some Kubernetes? And they're like, well, you know, we're worried about this and this. He's like, tell you what, if I assign six full-time Google engineers to you, what would you do? <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay. Meanwhile, you know, Docker has, you know, can Docker give 10% of their workforce to this one customer? Can, yeah. you know, can, can Mesos, you know, compete with that kind of outlay of just, we're prepared to dump, you know, quote unquote, Google engineers on you. And, you know, for free, um, how do you compete with that? And then and I was in an, another uh, conversation with uh, a guy from Apple. He's like, yeah, we're trying to hire away, you know, two of the core engineers off of Mesos. And it's like, how can these little startups compete in that kind of shark mm. tank of, of competition at, where you have large customers and large competitors who are not directly funded on the same revenue as you are? It's just not tenable. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I felt bad for Docker Messes. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think, uh, obviously, we need to be, uh, uh, you know, involved as what do they call it? Story, story uh, ideas based on a story from. But I think, <laughs> I think, just to add a last thing is uh, the other missing characters are the uh, uh, the customers, and and you know that that would well, also they, they be- were missing for a long time. <laughs> that 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 would be a good like ongoing. They actually bring. I mean, they bring up the Pokemon Go people. Uh, so there is that customer. I I I, I stand. N-Niantic? I correct myself yeah. here. Um, but that that would be for parts three and four. We could call it Kubernetes colon the business, or g- giving them the business. I I think maybe they shouldn't consult with us uh, about <laughs> the the story. But that would be the next thing that I would want pulled in. Is like let's let's hear the the ongoing customer perspective of like because again they set this up very well of like there were these other things that were more featureful that were already running and they zero summed right? and so it would be <laughs> and zero their sum <laughs> and it would be great to hear from like customers who are like oh yeah here's what happened right like here's why that happened so we'll see i look forward to parts three and four we could do some uh, some consulting Today's show is sponsored by Postlight. Postlight is a strategy design and engineering firm, and they want you to subscribe to their podcast. The show is hosted by Postlight co-founders Rich Ziade and Paul Ford, and you may remember Paul from his famous Bloomberg article, What is Code? The Postlight podcast is a weekly no BS conversation about what's happening in tech, business, ethics, and culture. A few of the recent guests include Clay Shirky, product discovery coach, Teresa Torres, and a software-defined talk favorite, chief cloud economist, Corey Quinn. The show touches on topics like power of naming your initiatives, agency product management, programming in Python, and creating more efficient meetings. Plus, there's plenty of other discussion on everything from parenting to living in New York City. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get your podcast.
For more information to see all the episode, visit postlight.com slash podcast. So I'd like to ask all of you to search Postlight in your podcast player right now and give it a listen. And of course, we thank Postlight for sponsoring our show. You know, speaking of Postlight, uh, Paul Ford over there had a write-up of, of interesting internet videos, videos on the internet and kind of critiquing ones, you know, what, what makes them interesting or not. I have to admit, I didn't read I didn't watch any of the po- the, the videos, but I, ha- I had it queued up in my mind to go check that out, uh, to go go uh, do them. And that's this is a good chance for me to do an ad. You know, I'm always trying to do more video stuff, as I've mentioned many times. And I, and I thought I, I have a new theory of how to not procrastinate and focus on work is I've been doing a little live streaming while I while I type things. I mean, it's, it's absurd, but like, you know, whatever. At least I'm not looking at a microphone. And uh, it's good. It helps keep me focused if I know that I'm kind of like being watched, uh, doing editing my text and everything. But I do this on my own. Well, I've done some of it on my Tanzu Talk streaming, but I don't think I should do that because that doesn't seem normal. Uh, <laughs> so, just to Twitch, you're just like no, 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 with no, no audience. No, I, I did. I did. Hold on, I did some. You know me, Matt Ray. I'm very strategic. I did some some extensive strategic research, which is about five minutes of Google searching. And I tried to figure out, like, what YouTube versus Twitch. Okay. What's the deal? And I read two, two different sources that I have no way of vetting. But they both said the same thing, which either means they were copying one another. But it makes sense. They were saying, so Twitch, obviously great for gamers. So already yeah. not good for me. But also Twitch is just, like, full of people. Like, you know, it's just, like, saturated. It is. However, it does have a smaller TAM, as we would say, a smaller amount of people than YouTube. YouTube both has many more people, namely everyone, uh, and also streaming is not as popular in YouTube as it is in Twitch. So if you're a new streamer, you have a better chance uh, in YouTube to sort of like collect popularity because there's less people to compete with. Classic, uh, not, not, it's not necessarily skating to where the puck's going. It's saying, fuck this and getting completely off of the rink and just like <laughs> going it's to like, where there's space. I'm going to buy a hockey team. So that's what I, I started using my own private YouTube to uh, do some streaming at. It's it's uh, it's fun stuff. And, okay. Uh, I don't know, but I have been looking up. I think I did finally find some of the business to business, the B to B TikTok people out there. There's this one guy who uh, I think he must be Austrian because he sounds like Schwarzenegger, but he uh, he does these little videos about uh, an ex McKinsey management consultant. There's one I should find it. He's he defines what tops down means. If people say you need to have a more tops down approach, and uh, the definition is that you need to talk about outcomes, basically, you know, the benefits that you get. But uh, I finally found them. B two B TikTok. Uh, maybe that's a pre recommendation recommendation. Anyhow, do we have any bureaucracy <laughs> to go over this week, Brandon? Yeah, we do. We've got a, a couple things here. So first, I want to uh, thank David for writing in. I sent him some stickers over in the UK. And um, also wanted to uh, just give a quick shout out to Jason, who just he didn't want stickers. He just wrote us a really nice note about uh, he enjoys the show and it helped give him some exposure to uh, DevRel. And he's on uh, just taking a new job uh, around Dev Relations. So I'm just this is fun to hear that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So if, if you ever want stickers, just uh, email me at your postal address at sticker, stickers at software defined talk. Dot com and if you just want to like write us in and tell us something good i like that too you can send us questions at questions at softwaredefinedtalk.com comments whatever whatever you want to uh to say and then also wanted to pull a, f- a couple things 
out of the slack this week. Uh, Ryan recommends uh, Invasion. That's on Apple TV. So I watched a little bit one episode last night. I liked it. So yeah, so if you're living a default lifestyle and you've already um, just subscribed to Apple TV because you bought everything else, like, yeah, check out Invasion. It seems, <laughs> it seems pretty good. And then uh, finally, following up for last week. So I'm about to uh, play. Uh, Brian sent in what he believes is the correct pronunciation of the Dutch word for cozy. So I'm going to play it here in just a second. I guess, Cote, you're, the, you're going to have to be the judge of this is a, the correct sound. So here it is. Gezellig. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good? All right. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't seem like he was Dutch, but I was like, okay, seems like a good uh, pronunciation. So. Yeah, good, good, good job on the G there. <laughs> if if you have any other words you'd like uh, to hear uh, us play, no, send no, them don't, in. Send them to Brian. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't, I don't think we want that kind of people. Maybe we do. I don't know. Maybe we do. And then finally, last, last, uh, but certainly not least, uh, we're going to, uh, maybe do some, uh, some live, either some live meetups in person as, uh, maybe COVID sort of, uh, gets a little bit safer for us, or maybe we'll do some virtual ones. So if you are interested in attending any of it, uh, I will put a link here to basically fill out a quick form and basically give us your contact information and I'll put you on the list for future meetups, whether that be a virtual kind of thing, or maybe as we do some of uh, the conferences, I think Cote's going to be at some conferences. I may be at some conferences. We'll try to do some meetups here. And, and to be clear here, there's no need to Johnny Lee Jen yourself. You're not getting anything. So like, if you don't <laughs> want to be invited, just don't register. Like registering gets you nothing. You don't like after you register, you're just going to get a form that says thank you. So so no no Johnny Lee Jens. Don't I don't need just don't do it. Don't you don't have to do it. Just we just don't fill it out. Like I'm actually spending more time telling people not to fill it out that don't want stuff. But if you do want to be notified about things let me know um and that or maybe i'll send you an email about things we could do together if if you are so inclined so uh fill out the sign up form if you want and if you don't that's that's good too just don't sign up any johnny lee gents you're all getting deleted everyone's getting deleted and you're not getting anything so don't don't think <laughs> no, you're fooling us no johnny's allowed that's right <laughs> well there's a lot of conferences coming up uh, i i want to highlight just a couple one we have our uh, .NET Beyond conference. There's a new person on my team. Well, she's not new anymore, Layla, who's uh, she does .NET stuff up there in London. But it's all online and free, and also, I think, in Twitch. It's March 30th and 31st. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 344, you can uh, find that details out. There's also DevOps Days Austin, May 4th and 5th. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there uh, giving a talk they invited me to, but they haven't sent me a formal acceptance, but they said that I would be accepted. So now it's on record. You better make it happen. Uh, Wait, if I say something in a podcast, that goes on the record? Only this podcast, Matt Ray. That's that's why we're valuable, uh, because we make the truth happen. And also, uh, we've announced the uh, our Spring One Platform Conference is going to be in San Francisco. Get your calendars ready December 6th to 8th, quite some time in the future. I think my mom's birthday is in there sometime. But anyhow, with that, Brandon, what do you have to recommend this week? All right, two pretty simple recommendations here. I think maybe I'm probably one of the last people. I've not been using a clipboard manager, but I've been told many times it would increase my productivity and I should do it. And I finally did it. So I installed PaySpot, which is, you had to pay like 12 bucks for it. I think it's pretty good. I like it. I I do think it has made myself a little bit more productive, but I'm looking for if people think that, and this is for Mac OS, if there are other ones that they think are better, um, I don't want like the full line, you know, replacement for like uh, uh, the command line launcher. I just want something that just does, um, if you will, uh, 
the uh, clipboard management. So I like it. PaySpot's the one I'm using, but if people know of any other ones, send me an email or go into Slack and recommend it, uh, one, I'll try it out. And also this other little productivity tip I, I ran across, it's, it's very simple. It's you can speed up how fast your mouse tracks in Mac OS. It's just a, a small little command line uh, tweak. So you can go a lot faster than the the upper bound that they let you do in the UI. So so there, I read something about like it can make you a lot, I don't know, just a lot more efficient in moving around your window. So I don't know. I still use a mouse. I think that's maybe controversial. I know a lot of people like trackpads. But if you're looking for some simple tweaks, uh, you know, make your mouse faster. I think it's super easy, and it does make you a little bit faster getting around your desktop. Hopefully it applies to trackballs too. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I want to know. Hopefully. <laughs> How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have to recommend? Well, my recommendation is a, a, a classic, um, the documentary Hands on a Hard Body. I don't know if <clears throat> if we've uh, talked about that on the show before. I'm sure we've referenced it. But um, I rewatched it this last week uh, with my 14-year-old daughter. And um, strangely, it's available on MailChimp's site. They've got a, a series of documentaries that they make freely available. Because I was like, oh, you know, it'll be on Prime or, or Netflix or something. And uh, it wasn't, but it was there the whole movie no commercials or anything and uh, they also had a, a kind of a making of documentary that had some interesting stuff but this is a classic quintessential documentary it does not have the same production quality as the kubernetes documentary oh. um, maybe if they had a little more of that cncf money they might they, they might have done better but uh, apparently it was made for about 15k um but it, it made that back in spades it's it's a great documentary about this contest in longview texas where you stand and keep your hand on the car and the last person standing wins the car. Uh, that's, but it's, it's full of Texas characters. And my, my daughter was shocked to believe that these were real people. Um, <laughs> and I was like, clearly we need to get you back to meet your relatives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that movie is uh man. I might go watch that. That movie is exactly magical. It's so it's many, magical. so many characters, so many characters, and, and, and everything. And what just... a surprise ending! You never see that coming. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it it lands the ending. It's 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 a great documentary. Um, What's the name of yeah. the guy who's like, I'll just eat a Snickers bar if I'm hungry. <laughs> and then his yep. his friends are like, I don't think he's doing so well. He's eating like thirty <laughs> Snickers bars. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so what I. I stand here all day. Uh, anyway, it's 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 a great movie. So uh, go watch uh, that, and uh, next week I'll have a follow up recommendation. Oh wow! Okay, well, uh, so I first of all follow up for you, Brandon. Is I use an app called Pasty, perhaps tragically named if you're into burlesque or whatever. But uh, it's it's cross platform, blah blah blah. I forget if, what Paystop does, but it's also part of the Set App family of things. I think so. You know, you can have it in your monthly three dollar charge, but. I like it a lot. You know why I started using it is because I wanted to like clear out um, formatting, and man, it's great for that. But also the the, the holding. Now, uh, I'll put a link to B two B TikTok so you can see tops down communication if you're really interested. But my recommendation is uh, I was doing one of my little videos to talk about this again, and I made a Max Headroom reference. Oh, I was trying some pizza, and I said it reminds me of a Max Headroom phrase. And so I really wanted to include this video. So I had to go search. I don't know if you all ever watch the TV show, but it's really hard to find it, I think, on yeah. DVD or something. But I did manage to find the quote, which uh, if you want to go see my daughter and I's review of Dr. Odeker's Big Americans pulled, 
pulled chicken barbecue pizza. You can see Max pop up in there. Uh, but uh, what I discovered, or I should say remembered, is that now I don't know why they call this site Daily Motion because I think what it means is daily pirate videos. Because so, you can basically go and find anything you want on Daily Motion if you know how to search for like Max Headroom S1 E2, right? And uh, I remember I watched a lot of Night Court uh, on there as well. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have, and, and I might have gotten, no, I got the Wooster and Jeeves stuff from YouTube. But really, if you've never seen the Max Headroom TV show or you vaguely remember it, it's really, it's fantastic. I mean, wow. some of it is just like eye rolling and 80s junk. But it really is like it's like it's like as if they had gone and bought the the leftover set for Blade Runner and some trench coats and then just like filmed the the whole premise is like what if TV was like the Facebook of the future and so TV TV was the most important thing and that's the direction things had gone instead of the internet and then of course there's Max Headroom in it which is always a delight so check that out well as always this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, we haven't really mentioned that as much as we usually do. You can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 344 and uh, learn what tops down communication is, things like that. And uh, with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, I figured, well, I use this, you know, two hours, three hours a day. I might as well give them something. I love, I think the smart speed Feature Smart is speed is, real, is much better than the one I had before. And like now, I understand that... how you can listen to stuff at like two x or whatever. Oh yeah, it's so much better. The one I had before was just like faster. And this yeah, one, somehow he figured it's... out. I guess Marco Arma, he figured out how to like not make everyone sound like you know like a squealing. It's I don't know. It yeah, works really yeah. Well. And then it's the much better. The other thing too is it just takes out pauses, even out even without smart speed. Yeah. It just sort of and that's then another it, good one. Yeah, it, it gives so. you that counter of how much time it saves. Yeah, I love that. I always use that as a great example of like proving ROI. It's like look at this. You can just look down and be like, hey, yeah. why doesn't every soft piece of software do it? So I don't know. So I guess that's our Cause, ad for because uh, now now when I'm yeah now when I'm in the car with the kids, I can actually run it fast and they don't notice it. Before yeah. they were like, it's, you know, this is annoying. They're all you know. And, and I couldn't really get past like 1.3, 1.4 with the old one. Now I'm like 1.5 and it's just fine. So you're like, so now we can listen to the tale of three unsolved murders on our trip instead of just one. Are we broadcasting? We are. We're live, man. We're ready. It doesn't. Oh, oh okay. it does say there. Oh, I yeah. Hope so. I hope we are. Looks well, good like, thing yeah. I didn't make a bad joke then. Jeez. <laughs>